Hello and welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, I've got some questions from our members this morning. The first one is from Elaine. Elaine says, Hi Mark, I've got a problem with my new standard bread. He's not very educated. So she really needs to come to a clinic. Oh, we look forward to seeing you again, Elaine. Um, The immediate problem is when I'm about to get off, he gets really cross ears, pinned and snaky towards me. Pinned and snaky ears towards you, yeah. Sometimes that happens when people get on and some horses it's when when you get on and when you get off. Okay, so obviously he doesn't like it, there's a certain thing and and once you're up there he he gets used to it. But um, yeah, with that, that, sometimes what I do, I sometimes address it a little bit in the getting on process. I find out how, how, what he's like in the getting on. Some horses are a bit timid in the getting on and then they get a bit aggressive on the getting off. But um, so in the getting on process, you might want to look at how he's feeling about that. So you might sort of stand on the mounting block and um, just see how he is. And if he's slightly tipped away or anything like that, or a bit dismissive or just kind of looking like he's got a hard thought or something like that and an aggressive thought, just wait there and and just see if that thought changes. If that thought changes, you might just step off the block a little. Um, You might provoke a change of thought by picking up a rein and getting him to sort of softly bend in with the rein and and not just bend, but, but, you know, just, just think a little bit and see if you can sort of help him like that. And then when he has that change, just get off and... Uh, and then get on and just get him comfortable in that process of stepping on the mounting block and just first of all find any spots in there okay the other thing um, you can you can kind of do is 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 the same process when you're on him if, if you've done all that and you still sort of got on him and, and he's still getting a little angry when you get off him um, basically it's a you know sometimes I'll distract a horse for instance like um so if a horse get, they, they, like because I think sometimes horses they it started off as maybe uh, the horse was nervous and the person didn't listen to the horse, so it kind of just went like girthing up. I get girthed up, I get cranky, and and the horse is always cranky when it gets girthed up. And some horses end up like that when you're getting on them or off them. So if the horse is getting cranky when you're getting on or off, um, it's it's basically you're trying to just you know distract them. So sometimes I've just sort of distracted a horse out of that and went, hey, and the horse has gone, whoa, what was that? And then as it's going, what was that? You just put your hand on it. And just rub it and the horse goes oh oh righto um because you change that that thought and the horse will um and and then also you give the horse an alternative you know so an alternative is kind of distracting your horse so for instance if you go to get off your horse and it gets a little hard thought distract it maybe ride it forward a little do a little turn back it up a little soften rub again shift in the saddle every time your horse gets a bit of a hard look like it's tenses up and gets hard just do something a little bit with it, ride it forward, back it up a little bit, uh, distract that thought through education. So give the horse an alternative. So, okay, well, this is the alternative uh, to get you a little distracted from what I'm doing. And then you shift in the saddle and just rock in the saddle like you're gonna get off. Um, and it's the same process of um, like like a horse, it's hard to girth. When you when you girth them up and they, they've, they've spent their life, like a 10 year old, 15 year old horse has spent its life getting hard in the eye when you girth it well sometimes it's just a frozen angry horse and it just needs to do something a little different to change that so I'll teach him to lead with the girth so I'll pull the girth up and the horse gets a little hard and tense I'll just keep the pressure on until it moves a little bit and then it goes oh that's how I release that and then you reward it and then after a while um, you know it just changes you know that 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 hard thing sort of eventually dissipates because you've given it an alternative 
So yeah, you can listen to your horse and um, you know, just keep doing that and keep doing that until the horse kind of goes, well, I've had a hard eye for a while and maybe you might help distract your horse with the rain. When it softens, just relax on it and don't quite get off it, but till it just kind of gets a softer eye from, for, for when you get off it. But start it from the getting on process, really monitor it getting on. It mightn't be as hard as you might, might it mightn't be as, as bad for you, but um, you might notice it more in the getting off but you still there'll be some things to notice in the getting on so um, work on the getting on and then on the getting off as I say distracting it distracting that thought giving it an alternative things like that and that'll really you know just just try those things and see if you can sort of make some progress um, until your horse feels a little bit better about it but yeah good on you Lane I might see you back in Mudgee one day the next question is from Rachel it's a trail riding question she has a horse who hardly ever spooks and um, the thoughts are on her when she's out on the trail when she's out trail riding with one person or a hundred people um different horse though when she goes out alone her thoughts seem to be back at the house or the float and she becomes braced and moves slower than usual head can be high and she will spook a lot um at a lot of things like rocks or logs leaves sometimes freezing with a hard eye in this case, she may flick her thoughts to me if I pick up a rein or back her up, but only for a moment. I always make sure I'm calm and grounded when riding out alone. And she's been under saddle for five years. We have a good relationship. We've done many kilometers together. So um, she would just like to know, how can she get her to trust her and deal with all the tigers in the bushes when they're out alone and she doesn't need to worry? Yeah. Great at exposure. I, I, I was there's another question I sort of um, answered a little earlier on, and um, and so horses, especially it was a standard bred that one, wasn't it? A, a, an ex pacer standard bred, I think. So so it would have got. Oh no, sorry, but no, another another horse on my mind. But but anyway, the basic basic thing is the horses. A lot of horses get their comfort from other horses, so they're going to be riding out following the feel of other horses and 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 humans aren't their comfortable place because obviously they're a herd animal and 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 obviously they're going to be drawn to their own kind more um, and that's why a lot of the work that you do at home in building a good solid relationship with your horse where your horse feels good about you feels also good about the tools that you're using uh, and how you help educate it you know all those things help but then when it gets to riding out and I've got a video of a horse that we got at home, Marvel, who I don't get a lot of time to work, but there was a little video on uh, reducing some of his anxiety on teaching him to ride out. And it was a, a similar lesson of just riding out and then just turning him back and bringing him back to where he was sort of comfortable. Because if I rode out too far, like I was taking um, my kids out on a ride and I thought, oh, I'll just give him a few rides and he'll just get a bit better and get used to it. Like uh, another question I answered was, you know, the, the person said, you know, should it just be more trail riding that'll get the horse more comfortable with it and some cases yes but not all cases and I found Marvel he was starting to get a little worse because I was just concentrating on the kids and thinking oh he'll be right you know but he wasn't every time I went out he was a little worse and a little more stressed and I thought well it's not just organically fixing even though the horses he, were go he was going out with were, were ones that were in his mob um, he still was stressed because he got used to being around the whole mob and, and being with certain mares because he's, he's, he's a little bit, you know, up there in his sort of culty nature. Um, so that really bothered him. So basically I had to go back and say, well, um, 
gonna just ride this lesson for you. So this is where, where it'll come into what, what you're dealing with with your horse. So what I did with him is I just rode him out a little bit out the gate and, he, and I feel his thoughts starting to go back like that and I just turn him back into the yards again and, and just let him sort of come back a peg and just, and, and, and but before he got too worried, I'd sort of generally turn him back first. I'd be the one that sort of said, well, why don't you come back over here? And what tended to happen was, well, first I had to take him back into his comfortable area, then back out, and then, but basically, I didn't steer him out. I didn't steer him out. I asked him to go out, and he would find his way back. And I'd just roll him back around again and ask him to try again. Um, and then when he'd had some good forward thoughts in the opposite direction of home, and he sort of thought out that way, and he walked a little forward, then I'd just bring him back and show him that I'll take you home. So that graded exposure is showing your horse that you're only gonna take it so far. You don't take it to where it's over the threshold um, and get it worried and then turn it around. You tend to turn it around first, bring it back first, so show it that you'll take it back home and then go out. And then eventually the horse goes, well, you've ridden me out here and you've taken me back. Okay, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, you're not going to take me out forever because how do you tell your horse that you're not going to take it out forever? You show it. You can't tell it. You can't, you know, speak English to it or whatever language you speak and tell it what you're going to do. You actually have to show it. So to show it, you say, I'm going to show you, I'm going to ride you out for a few minutes and bring you back. And then after a while, that horse will allow you to take you further and further. But what happens is um, if this was the center, if there was a center point, say for instance, just to give you an idea of a target, okay, um, what generally happens is the center might be the comfortable spot of that target. So you're in the center and the target, the center of the target might be the yards or a safe place. You ride out of that center point and the horse is in that first zone around that. And it's, you know, you could call it a zone, you know, every 20 meters is a new zone. You won't, you, so, so you take your horse back to the center for the first so many goes, but what happens is when your horse becomes more comfortable, you'll ride out through two or three zones and you won't have to come back to the center because basically the comfortable area is following you. So as the horse got comfortable 50 meters from the yards, you won't have to bring it all the way back to the yards when you've taken it 100 meters out. You might only have to bring it back 50 meters into that next comfortable zone until the comfortable zone is everywhere with you. And you might have to do that a few times with your horse till they're very comfortable knowing that you're going to take them back but also um, you never let them stay too long out of their threshold where they're, where they're quite worried because the more you do that the more you take the horse out and it spends that and that, that was what was happening with me while I was focusing on my kids um, and what they were doing um, I was not focusing on the horse enough and just thinking he'll get over it but each time he went out it was a little worse because he thought I went out and I was really worried and I wanted to go back home. Whereas when I said, okay, I'm gonna take you out and bring you back and take you out and bring you back, then he started to go, well, I'm gonna walk out there and sink out there and I'm quite comfortable with that. But just to clear up how you steer them out, you're not forcing them out, you're letting them tack out. So when you get a horse, the other horse will turn back and turn back and you just turn them back around. When they have a forward thought in that direction, you reward it and then you turn them back and try again until you can loose on the reins and they'll walk straight out away from home. You're not making them do that line. So basically, if the horse turns back, there's a boundary there. If the horse turns back that way, there's a boundary there. Um, but you, the boundary's not pushing them out as such. They, they, they choose to go back um, or they choose to go forward. And then eventually they go, well, that's not working, that's not working, I'll try this. And then they'll walk forward a little bit and then you turn them back and bring them back to where they're comfortable. So when they've had a thought away, 
you reward them, bring them back where they're comfortable and say, see, I'll take you back. You're not allowing them to take you back every time. They've got to have a, have a forward thought in a new direction. So the lessons end uh, with them in a good frame of mind as opposed to a stressed frame of mind so that that stress doesn't build up ready yeah. for the, in yeah. anticipation. So basi basically, yeah, so you've rewarded them feeling good about thinking away from the herd and they felt good about that and then you can finish the lesson. If you finish the lesson with them just going, oh good, great, I'm walking home again back to my safe place, then basically they're ending the lesson by saying I'm still going home to safety. And just on that, I'm glad you reminded me on that is um, because what I did with Marvel also is when he gave me a good solid forward thought and he rode out a little bit and he went, yep, I'm walking away from the others and I'm not turning back with my thoughts all the time. Then when he did that, I got off him and I stood with him and then I led him back home. Um, so I got off him at the point that he actually was positively taking me away with his thoughts. Um, and I just rewarded him and walked him back. And, 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 and I finished the lesson when he had relaxed and felt good about thinking away from his comfortable place. I remember that. So Rachel, if you want to see that lesson online, it's riding Marvel out for the first time, something like that. And, um, and at the end of it, yeah, you see Mark walking, walking with Marvel back in out from the paddock. And yeah, he actually connected with me on the way back that he was just following my feel and happy with me. So I became his comfort and that's what you want. You become their comfort. You're the herd that goes with them. So, so, so a, a little saying that you've heard me say, some people have heard me say a lot of times is it's not separation anxiety that we're dealing with because I, I, um, I, I call it uh, connection disability because uh, if a horse is connected to us, it's not separated. It's, it has a friend with it. It has a, a companion with it. it uh, it's the horses that suffer from separation anxiety don't have any companions, so which means they can't connect with us, so they don't see us as a companion. So if you call separation anxiety connection disability, then you work on that connection that you have with your horse and it'll make them feel a lot better. Okay, the next question is from Naja. Naja's question is about evading versus following the feel. She recently worked on a, uh, with her horse with a cavicon, which is not her favourite tool. Cavison. Uh, Cavison, sorry. Yeah. Um, but it helps with bending and the correct pole position. And she, and she found that he basically overyields to a pressure on the nose. If, I, if she asks him to lower, he dives down way too much. She finds this interesting because when she uses a rope halter, she had the impression that he followed the feel softly. So her question is, is it possible that he's fooled me into believing that while mentally he's still, um, that mentally he's still resisting? And if that is the case, how can she tell? Yeah, it, pressure and release. We've had it drummed into us so many times. Pressure, release, release, release. <laughs> you know, you hear instructors that, you know, teaching kids or adults, release and I've heard me say release when I haven't seen the person release and it um, but there is a, a downside to pressure and release and it's I think not that there's no downside because you have to release to show a horse you know when it's trying the right thing but there's a point in training where pressure is not a hindrance now I see a lot of horses that know the difference between pressure and release but they're hunting the release of pressure they're not following the feel now a, there's a lot of horses I'm trying to set up a sort of a, a situation in somebody's mind in your mind just to get you to think about that most people are happy walking along a pathway now that pathway poses 
it, it, it's, it's not threatening, it doesn't pose a threat to us, it's, it's, it's quite comfortable to walk on and, and, and most people if they see a track they're going to choose the track opposed to walking through the prickly grass or on the uneven terrain and things like that, they're going to choose a pathway because that is the most, that, that offers the most clarity uh, and it gives the person the most comfort in, 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 in being on a direction. So, so you know, just being on holidays, going on all these walks, everyone chooses the path of least resistance. Um, so, but where we go wrong in training is we sort of, uh, is, is, is horses are hunting nothing. That's what they're hunting. They're hunting, get that pressure away from me. So because, because people have released all the pressure all the time and they'll release, the horse will be hunting this feeling of nothing. So they're trying to get away from the pressure. So going back to us, imagine yourself walking, following the center of a pathway. That's what you're trying to do when you're walking. You're not trying to run away from the walls either side. Okay, so you're trying to find the center of that path because that's the most, that, that's the path of least resistance, but the feel of the path is not scaring you. You're comfortable with the feel of the path. Whereas I think horses have been trained in a way that um, there's some ouchy barriers here that they don't want to touch, but there's nothing in the middle for them that they're really truly following. They're just trying to get away from the pressure of the barriers of the path, but there's no clear pathway underneath them. Okay, so you don't always release the pressure. So what's happening, and I see it so often in horses that come to clinics, is the horse overbends to get away from the pressure because if it touches the pressure, it goes, I've got to get away from that pressure. It's not happy to touch the pressure. It's not happy to have the pressure just there. It's not happy to follow that pressure. So when we're applying pressure on horses, we have to set it up as a boundary and the horse can touch it and release it and touch it and release it and touch it and release it until it can have the boundary that pressure so close to it that it actually follows the feel of that inside rein with its thoughts not trying to get off that boundary bounce off it like it's hot or electric or something like that easy to get lost in what i'm saying i can understand i can imagine everyone going what's he talking about but that's the way i kind of see it when i'm training horses so basically any horses that pull back anything like that i will hold the pressure and I'll let them find the pressure. So that's why I do a lot of lessons in getting the horses to find pressure. So instead of pulling the pressure on them and expecting them to get off that pressure, I will just do something and then they'll find it and they'll go, oh, yep, yep, all right, I can feel that. So um, is anyone woken up, you know, busting to the loo at someone else's house and all the lights are off? It's almost like finding a wall is like clarity and they go, oh, I found the wall, I found the light switch and I'm gonna go, um, it's, it's the clarity of, 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 of having that pathway there that makes the horse comfortable, makes the person comfortable. Um, so the horse shouldn't be frightened of the walls, the horse shouldn't be frightened of the boundaries. So when you take a feel on your horse, try and get your horse to think and move maybe. If the horse is already at a stage that it's bending and hiding from that pressure, uh, bending low and hiding from that pressure, then turn it into an action, not just a, uh, not just a shape. So a shape is, oh, I bend my head or I lower my head or I do this or I do that, but the feet and the thoughts are still going in another direction. So turn it into an action. So if you've got your horse on the caverson, just instead of just pulling and letting the horse evade and keep going around with a bend or lowering its head and evading the pressure, just keep the pressure and, and walk backwards with that pressure 
until your horse looks and actually goes, I have to step in and, and you see its thoughts drawn into you because of that pressure and the horse thinks and moves. And then it just gets to follow your feel for a bit. And then send it out again, just to send it out on that, on that whatever you're doing, the circle or whatever, and then say, pick up a feel. If the horse hides, just walk backwards with that feel and keep the pressure coming with you until the horse thinks and moves and follows, follows the feel of you and the rein. And it does a movement and it has a thought change. So the horse actively goes, yep, I'm going that way. And, and, and you see the horse move, move its thoughts and feet towards that direction that, that you've put there. And then that becomes a change of thought instead of just, I've got to get off that and keep doing what I'm doing. Okay, so instead of the horse just thinking about the edge of the pressure, it's thinking about the direction it's going or the direction that that pressure encouraged it to go. Um, otherwise, they just get stuck in a hard thought going, yep, I'm off the pressure, I'm doing the right thing, blah, 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 and they're not really doing anything. So most times you'll see me in clinics to get a change of thought, I've actually got a change of movement. So a horse has to think and move its feet in a new direction. And it's got to do that enough times until you see everything, the stars align, as in the horse looks, the horse thinks, the horse moves. So, the, so I tend to do not a lot of circles and a lot of changes of direction, okay, and things like that. And, and that sort of thing will get the horse back on track. That the, 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 and, and, if, and if you pick up the feel in the right way, if the horse finds a boundary, it just finds it. You just, it just finds a firm boundary and it goes, oh, there's a boundary there and release. Um, you don't have to release the pressure. The horse releases it in, in a sense until it realizes, well, that's only a boundary. I just follow the feel of that. Whereas if you're going pull and release like that, the horse ever knows, only knows this and then it goes, oh, I've got to get off that. And then you also release, so, so basically you've just, you can cause this space of nothingness and, and it's not clear for the horse. The horse needs that magic carpet rolling out in front of it, just like you were sort of, you know, a little exercise I do with people is I, I try and get them to imagine they're up in space. And imagine just hovering in space, you, you just go, there's nowhere to go, there's nothing here, I'm frightened then all of a sudden imagine this little pathway just rolling out in front of you all the time going in different directions. You would want to follow that pathway because everything else is lossless, lost, you're just lost, okay? So you hunt that pathway and follow it and if that pathway stops, you stop with it. If it goes left, you go with it because everything else is, well, I don't know where we go out there. You're not frightened out there in the sense that it's got daggers and things like that. It's just that because you don't understand it, you want to follow the path so to me offering a, a feel and a pathway offers the horse that clarity and confidence um, but if it's frightened of the boundary and hunting hunting this feeling of no pressure that's when you're going to have problems that's when you have over bending horses running through the shoulder all those sorts of things is because the horse has only learned to hide from the pressure so yeah turn those bends into a thought change and a movement so straight lines corners backups things like that and then you might have a have a change in the way your horse is um, dealing with that pressure excellent thank you very much for all your questions everyone and um, we love getting your questions so definitely keep sending them through the questions are open to any of our online members um, if you're interested in joining mark's online membership um, you can do it just $15 a month and get access to hundreds of training videos. Just Google Mark Langley. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you. See you next time.